When was the last time you did something special for yourself that you encouraged yourself? You know, that you woke up and looked in the mirror and thought, I'm beautiful. Even if you had, you know, stuff in your eyes, your hair was all over the damn place. But did you love the person that you were looking at in that mirror? Hi, I'm Tasha Bradley, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name's Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove this world of ours is still a pretty darn good place to be. You are already helping us do that by being here right now, but you know what? You can help us spread the good by sharing and subscribing to our podcast, and hey, why not go for the bonus round and rate and review us? All these good things help more people find the good that is World Gone Good, and that is, well, good, don't you think? Today we are diving in deep into three good things. Well, more than three good things, but these are the three overall good things. Ready? Self-love, self-care, and self-healing. They are all interconnected, and they are all essential to our overall well-being and mental health. My guest today is going to lead us on our journey, our good journey. She is the host of her own podcast, The Daily Dose of Love. Let's channel our inner Whitney and you give good love to ourselves with Tasha Bradley. My favorite people in the world to have on this show are other podcasters, and here you are. Hey, (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So you are all about self-love And you have a podcast called The Daily Dose of Love Podcast that puts out new episodes every Wednesday. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Every Wednesday. And how did this all start? For me, it started where a couple of years back I had a call in where it was like a... um, It was a call in like ask Tasha for advice. And it really didn't go anywhere. So I invested a lot of money and it just went flat. I went on and, you know, did a social network repping And from there, I did other things. And eventually I wanted to get back to help people. So in 2019, I started Daily Dose of Love podcast. And it was only about, you know, seven episodes, but it didn't go anywhere because at the time I was losing my baby sister, which she since passed two years ago of ovarian cancer. So she really wanted me to get back into it. So I started it again this year. So many people want to find the love of their life, whether it be a job or another person or even a dog, you know, <laughs> or yes. pet. but they forget. Do you think they forget that it starts with themselves? Yeah. No one, you know, some folks don't even have an idea that they should love themselves. Like you, you just, like I said, it's always, you know, you grow up, you get married, you love this person, you love that person. How often are we told that you're important, you matter, make sure you take care of your own needs. And if you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. And that's where the void comes in and they're, they're loving people who are hurting them and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So they're not getting that love they're looking for. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. Start with yourself, you know, start loving you. And the more you love yourself, the better you'll be able to judge who's right for you to love. Where did this all start for you as a younger person? Was it something always instilled in you or was it something like with me that I found later in life? 
It's it's it was both because my mother always instilled it. I always saw my mom taking time out for herself. She was always telling me to thine own self be true, you know, to make sure I was loving me. But you know, you kind of fall off of that as you're growing into your teenage years and in my early twenties. And I was dating a guy that I was in love with, and I cheated on him. And oh, that's not funny. But you know, I cheated on him, <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, I thought like. It's not funny, Tasha. Well, I cheated and he, you know, he and I were talking and I was still like denying that I was cheating. And he, you know, he said, yeah, you are. And I was telling him how much I loved him. And he looked at me and he says, don't ever tell me you love me because you don't love yourself. And that cut me like a knife. And to this day, that stuck with me. And of course, I ran home and I explained to my mom everything that was going on. And, you know, she had a nice long talk with me. And that day, I pretty much promised myself that I would never encounter and cross paths with anyone who would ever have to question if I loved myself. How old were you when that happened? At that time, I probably was about 24, 23, somewhere in that area. And I'm now 55, so... I'm 51. I'm right there. We're we're in the same neck and neck race. This is incredible to me that you had, because I had a great dad. Um, He has passed, but I had an amazing dad who I could tell anything to. And I won't go into some of the things I told my dad. (laughs) (laughs) That was me with my mother and she's since passed. So I, I understand. I know what you mean. When you have a best friend in one of your parents, it's just the most awesome, awesome relationship. Well, because it's a trust, isn't it? Yes, basically. It's definitely trust. And, you know, folks get it mixed up when they go, I don't want to be my kid's best friend because they look at it from the disrespect point of view, not the trust. And like my mother said, I want you to come to me with anything first, because when you tell other folks and, you know, they're going to tell me not because they're concerned about you, but they just want me to know they know something about my kid that I don't. Now, you do a podcast talking about self-love, self-care, and self-healing. Those are three very different things. So talk to us about each one. Self-love is to accept yourself. Your flaws always say the good, the bad, there's no ugly. So I say to accept the good, the bad, and the beautiful (laughs) in yourself. You know, own everything about yourself. Don't be in denial about yourself to yourself. My mom always said you could lie to everyone, but when you lie to yourself, there's a problem. So remain true to yourself. Self-care means that you should take care of your mental, your physical, you know, spend time alone, go to the spa, go get a massage, go get your feet done, do things that make you feel good. Even if it's just sitting on the beach, take a walk. Those are things that care, you know, you're caring for yourself. And then with the self-healing, if you need therapy, go for it. If you need to cry for two hours, do that. Whatever it takes to make you a better version of yourself. Why do you think some people need permission? Because they have yet to accept themselves. They don't love themselves. So you're looking for that validation and acceptance from the people around you. And that's why so many folks are just all over the place when it comes to love, because like I said, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. If I know folks that if they aren't in relationships, they're just not happy. I've been right. single for, and celibate or abstinent. <laughs> I thought it was celibacy, but I've, I just found that out recently that there's a difference that you're celibate if you, if for a religious purpose and you're abstinent, if you're just making a choice to not have sex. So 
spent 12 years, no relationships, no. And I, you know, to find yourself, people are afraid to just work on themselves, work on yourself. If there's a problem, if people are telling you you're difficult to love, if you're always moody, if you're a negative person, if you're always depressed, like figure out what's going on with you first. Take time out. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And so for a lot of people, I think that sometimes it's like an ocean. It's, a, it's just too much. It is. So what would you tell somebody who is like listening and saying, and I'm not being this person because it's not me, but if there is somebody listening and saying, oh, that's easy for you to say. That's so easy because you don't have my ocean of problems. It's much like, it's much like every time I think like, oh God, we got to clean out the garage or, oh God, we got to move. I start panicking because I'm like, oh, we got so much crap. I got to get, you know what I mean? I got to pack up. You, you have to unpack. You have to unpack. It's it's not easy to work on yourself, but then is it easy to be in a relationship that you're miserable in? Is it, you know, you have to look at the sacrifices. You're going to stay somewhere where you're being unhappy or you're going to make it better for yourself. What what are going to be your choices? Now let's talk about your podcast. What is the goal of the podcast. The goal of the podcast is to encourage and uh, to to just get it out there that we should love ourselves. I don't think anyone speaks of that. Everything we see in life is always about, like I said, about marriage counselors, you know, fixing yourself as a single person. Everything attributes to something else other than yourself. Work on you. I just want to instill into people that it's okay to cut people off if the relationships are toxic. It's okay to embrace an alternative lifestyle that your friends aren't accepting or your family isn't accepting. And it's okay to get up every day and love yourself and say, hey, I love me. I want to be treated in a, a, a fair manner. I want to be loved healthy. And you get to a place that you are healthy from doing that for yourself. It makes you so much better. And I talked to so many friends about this who, you know, I can't mention names. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I do that all the time on my show. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's my sister. And I'm like, oh, gosh, she's going to call me afterwards. We're <laughs> bringing up stories. And you're like, oh, God, I got to change the location. Right. I got to change where, what exactly was we were eating, all those things. But I think people, um, because we live in a society right now that today has such quick fixes. Um, I, I just told the story recently, like uh, it was like 20 something years ago. And my niece handed me a book report she did. This is 20 years ago. And she showed me the little bibliography at the end of where she got all her sources from for her little book report. All the sources were like www www.com. And I said to my sister, I said, does she ever go to, has she ever been to a library like to check out a book and look up, look the information up in a book? And she goes, no, we don't do that anymore because it's so much easier to just pick up the phone or open the computer and there's your answer. Wow. And I, and I think that there's a process that's missing because I was born, I was lived in the seven, I grew up in the seventies and eighties. Yes. And there was a process. Yes. Yes. Same here. Same here. Well, I see that when I go out to a restaurant, um, I have a rule with my husband. We go out to restaurants and there's no fo- phones allowed to go with us. And when we have definitely we have dinner, no phones at dinner. We don't have a television in our bedroom. Our bedroom is a bedroom. It has a bed. Thank you. <laughs> like the old school, right? Because I don't need to be distracted. I don't need my. Bra- I don't need that constant. Um, 
I don't want to say validation, but uh, it's a mixture of validation and chase, I think. it's I call it the Las Vegas um, uh, experience, which is you go to Las Vegas and you always feel no matter what you're doing, you're missing out because something better is happening somewhere else. Yes, that's where I live in Las Vegas. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I called it. <laughs> I was like, yes, it's always something. I didn't even hit it. Right. <laughs> Two, three, four in the morning. There's something exactly. going on, baby. <laughs> but it's crazy because we'll go to Vegas and and I will lay I've I've said this on this podcast before. I like lay my head down. We've been there nine, ten hours. I've had the best time. I close my eyes and a minute later my eyes open because I'm like, I'm missing something. Yeah, yeah. You don't you just can't sleep. So the pandemic hits. And the choices of how to self-love when the rug is pulled out from under us. Life changes, flick of a switch, people lose, unfortunately, losing their jobs, people losing homes, people just having to change how they live. How did that affect you and your self-love journey? And how did that affect your podcast? Actually, at the time, I hadn't, I just started the podcast up this year. So last year, as I said, you know, I was still going through a lot of mourning because of my sister. So I was trying to heal. And uh, the pandemic, I lost my job. And um, I, I lost a lot mentally because, you know, we were all just, it was a new, you can't go out, you can't hug anyone, you can't, you know, be around family members. So it was a very isolating time. And I don't, if you weren't mentally strong and you had a lot of self-love and were trying to, you know, dig deep within yourself to appreciate yourself, enjoy your own company, you were going to be all over the place as we all were, you know, and I just had to find new ways to spend time by myself. So I, I'd run out to the 99 cent store, grab all the masks that they had so I could do facials like every other day. You know, I, I did a lot of Postmates eating. I gained a lot of weight. So, you know, it's just, right. I, it was that happy eating because it's like, okay, at first you were happy because you weren't working. It's like, God, I got a break, you know? And after the first month, it was like, oh, hell no, I can't do this, you know? So I, I was walking in the afternoon at 5.30. I would walk and I'd go live on Facebook to show everyone because I live downtown Las Vegas, you know, near Fremont and everything. So I would show everyone like, look how empty it is. This is so unusual for Las Vegas. Could you imagine? So that kept me busy for maybe about three weeks and I didn't go one day. And from there, I just didn't go back. You know how that goes. So I was just, you know, trying to do the best I could by reaching out to family members, encouraging everyone to, you know, stay strong and, you know, just try and make it through and just, you know, read or listen to good music. And I mean, you know, drinking plenty of wine. <laughs> oh my God. I bring up wine all the time. I'm coming to Vegas. We're going to have the best time. Okay. Um, so what has the reaction been to your podcast? Here's what I have to want to find out. So when you first did your podcast, you were in one headspace. When you came back to it, you're clearly in another headspace. Definitely. Definitely. And my sister that passed, she was the one that wanted me. And that's why I got back um, to starting um, this podcast that I am currently have out. Because I could just remember my sister telling me, like, I'm so proud of you. And you're so good at what you do. And, you know, she's telling me, like, you love yourself. You love love. No one can speak about themselves the way you could talk about you and how you love yourself. So I just kept hearing her voice. And one night I... In February of this year, I was on Facebook and I thought, hmm, let me go to Google and see what are the latest uh, platforms, hostings for podcasts, what are like the top five? Because 
in 2019, when I started, I was on uh, Spreaker. And like I said, I got out seven episodes, but I really didn't have a concept to podcast. I would just drink a lot of wine. I was really hurting. So I'd go in the bathroom and just talk. But it, you know, some folks were accepting of it, but just, you know, it wasn't as my podcast is today. So that night when I was looking around, I Googled podcasts and there were the top five, you know, and I thought, "Mm, all right, maybe I'll do it, you know, another night. I'll set it up or whatever. And right when I went back on Facebook, Anchor pops up and I'm like, Anchor, that wasn't included in anything. So I went to it. I downloaded it. I did the little promo for them and it just started from there and I've continued. So. And what has the reaction been from your audience? It's been absolutely overwhelming. It's just been beautiful. Everyone, I have a problem with my voice. I hate my voice. So it's like to listen to my voice or do a playback. It's like, you know, when the teacher used to do the fingernails on the chalkboard and we just used to, (laughs) that's how I feel about my voice. So it's really difficult for me, but that's the thing that I'm getting complimented on the most is that the sound of my voice is so soothing and so calming. And I'm like, really? So wait, wait, we gotta go, we're gonna go here for a second because I think this is a common thing for everyone because the voice we hear when we're speaking in our own body is not the voice that matches that comes out. I, I think so because I just can't if I'm like as I'm, I'm speaking to you now, it's okay, but if I have to listen to this recording, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have plenty of wine and go, damn, what did I say? How did I say what? What? <laughs> Yeah, I hate it. So that everyone saying that they get the messages, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to cut off toxic relationships because we're so close to folks, you know, and it's like, oh, that's my sister. That's my cousin. She's been my friend, you know, since kindergarten, but she is fucking poison. Let her go. Well, I say this too, because I, uh, I'll be the first one to admit it. And maybe some of these people are listening and I wish them well. I had very strong relationships. I had a best friend of 20 something years and we just hit an impasse. And I realized you were my best friend for 20 years because that was the time we were in. Yes. But we're not those people we were five years ago, seven Thank years ago, you. 20 years ago. Yes. And I'm not going any further with you on this journey until we both come to a place that we both can say, this is who I am right now. Do you, do you want to be in my life? And they as can I fit into right your life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is healthy. And it's, and it's weird. And I find that people, I mean, uh, talk about self-love. I find that people, as we get older, our friendship base of all the people we had in our 20s and all the people we had in our 30s and then some of the people we had in our 40s. Yes. <laughs> it gets smaller. That's where I am today. It's like my friends that I used to party with in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, it's like we're saying hello to each other and we're in each other's lives, but nothing like we was. But like you say, there's a time and place for friendships and not that you, I don't want to say I've outgrown anyone. It's just that we're different now. Like, as you just explained, we aren't those people we were. And yes, the core of me, I'm still Tasha. I'm still that same girl who's caring, who's loving, who would be there. I'd be the first to show up if you needed me and be the last to leave. And that was my problem. And that's another thing that's wrong with loving yourself because we're always there for everyone else. And one day you look up and you go, damn, I've been there for this person, that person, for that occasion, for this death, for that. What about me? What's happened to me? Who am I? And it's so powerful. And I also think that I personally, again, we're having a lovely therapy session here. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I personally became a villain. I became a villain for a lot of people. I became their villain. 
And the thing was, is that I found that so many people, when I succeeded or I was happy or I had found my husband and we've been together 13 years and we got dogs and we Mm -hmm. moved for his jobs. And as things were happening for me, certain people were happy for me, just like I was for other people when they got promoted or they found somebody great. But there were some other people in my life who could not handle me having something that they didn't have. Yes. Yes. That's one of the things that's one of the, the primaries of friendships and how they rift apart and tear up because I found, just as you're saying, I I think I was so available to people that when I didn't show up because I was going through menopause, that's a whole damn different story, but uh, I wasn't able to be there for myself. And there were folks who were going through things in their lives and we were all close and I couldn't show up. But that made me realize that folks depend on me so much to be there that they almost became selfish to needing me without being concerned of what I was going through. Because my first thing was, wow, this isn't like Tasha. What I'm going through, she would be here. Why isn't she here? Why didn't anyone reach out to me? Yes. And I also think that people want you to stay the same because it becomes uncomfortable for them because it's almost like you're a, um, you know, we are a, uh, as humans, like that person needs to stay happy all the time. Because if, if I see that person upset, I had friends who couldn't handle, I went through a terrible breakup a long time ago with a very abusive relationship I was in. I had certain friends who just went away and then tried to come back because they said, I couldn't be around you. I couldn't deal with this side of you. Yes. And I was like, but that's who I was in that moment. I didn't need you to go away. It's interesting. And this is a question I would ask you. I mean, um, my father had uh, lung cancer and he was terminal and he was, he was given three years he lived too um and i had those friends who just went away and then told me later you needed your space so i went away and i had other friends who said i couldn't be around you you were like a really dark cloud i needed the happy version of you wow and it was such a process for me at the time i was very angry about it obviously now i look back and i feel almost sorry for them yeah. because it's not, wasn't about me at all. It was about you yeah, or them. You couldn't handle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't know how to be a friend and pick me up when I needed you the most. Because at your darkest hours, you needed sunlight. Someone should have been your sunlight. Oh, I had, and don't you worry, I had two or three wonderful people, including my best friend from high school, who's been my friend since eighth Great. grade. And then I have my friend, uh, her name's Lisa, in case she's listening. And then my friend Ray, who's been like an older brother to me forever. When when I went through that horrible breakup a long time ago, the abusive relationship I was in, as soon as it was over, he said to me, and I, and I quote him all the time, he always laughs about it, he's from Staten Island. And he goes, here's, I can't even do his accent, but he goes, here's, here's what's going to happen. He goes, you have one year. You can be in a Mexican prison and I'll go get you and go, come on, let's go home. He's like, you can do drugs. You can have hookers. You can drink. You can crash cars, set things on fire. And all we're allowed to say is, oh, he gets one year. He gets one year. Wow. <laughs> and at, cool the, at the end of that year, I said, do you remember what you said to me a year ago? And he goes, yeah. And then he goes, you never took me up on any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Since the year's up, time is up, but that's a friend. You know, that's what it's about. Did you experience that with your sister? And and the I mean, I I, I don't want to call it a journey, but the you know what I mean? The yeah. it's it's a weird it's a weird as someone who went through it, it's a weird progression of knowing what's coming 
and dealing with it day to day. Oh, wow. It's, it's the most horrible feeling though. You know, you just, I, I still don't know how to regroup. I'm still trying to heal. It's been two years since I lost my baby sister to ovarian cancer. Yeah. She was only 35, you know, so she has five children wow. and it's just, it's the worst pain. I've lost my parents, you know, but losing my sister that not, no pain compares. And I didn't know that there would be a big difference in the pain from losing parents than it was in losing a sibling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I, I can't even explain the pain that I'm in constantly. Where do you fall in the, in the sibling line? I'm the eldest. I'm the okay. oldest. So I'm the leader. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the big mama bear. <laughs> and the sister that passed, I raised her because my mother had a C-section and um, the twins were big twins. They were like seven and eight pounds, if I can remember, seven and six. So they weren't positioned to break the water. So they had to go in and give my mom a C-section, which she started, uh, she had uh, internal bleeding. They didn't stitch her up properly. So she had to get blood transfusions and all that. My sisters were born in 85. They weren't testing for AIDS or anything. So I lost my mother to AIDS and I raised my siblings, the twins, uh, one Jasmine who passed was a twin. They were 10 at the time my mom passed, but because I brought them home from the hospital because my mother had to stay, you know, extra week or so, I brought the twins home and I like bonded with them like my own children. So it's, and I don't have children. So those are my babies. My younger sisters are my everything. So losing Jasmine, has been the worst pain of my life, you know, and I'm just trying to push through. But the weirdest thing is happening. She's communicating with me through the sun. I know everyone thinks I'm crazy, my friend, but I, because she died of ovarian cancer, their color is till blue. If I look at the sun and it looks yellow to everyone else or orange or whatever beautiful color it is, when I'm looking at it, the way the waves are going to come down to my face and it turns blue, a till blue. It's weird. And if I say, hey, Jazz, how you doing, girl? I don't have time today. She'll move it around real fast. Sir. It's just I'm looking for someone to explain to me, you know, how someone, you know, who's passed on could communicate through the sun. I don't know. She's given me, I mean, shown me things that I just can't even explain to someone. So that's comforting to know that she's always here. Now, I have a question for you. Again, going back to the ocean of trying to self-love oneself, what are a few easy tips that you would give someone to just start? The starting point is to, to admit that you need to give yourself more attention, more love. And, you know, some folks feel that it's okay because they're loved by other people. And they take that as their own love. But how are you loving yourself? When was the last time you did something special for yourself that you encouraged yourself? You know, that you woke up and looked in the mirror and thought, I'm beautiful. Even if you had, you know, stuff in your eyes, your hair was all over the damn place. But did you love the person that you were looking at in that mirror? How long would it take you to name five things you love about yourself? Is that difficult for you, Steve, or would it take you the matter of seconds to pop five things off or would you really have to study what is it that you truly love about yourself? That's the first thing I ask to name five things you love about yourself. And if you can't start with five, some folks just can't even write anything down. So that's my thing. Write down five things you love about yourself. And if you can't do that within, I mean, think of things probably within the first three minutes or so, 
then that's something you need to work on. You need to start with your list. Maybe tomorrow you'll think, I love the fact that I'm always helping. You know, I'm, I'm there for others. What is it that you love about yourself? I love that. You know, growing up in the 70s in a small town in Florida, in Hialeah, Florida, my uncle was gay. You know, you're talking a black man in the 70s. He moved away to Philadelphia from Florida so that he could live his life. He was a college professor, but he would come home at the holidays and, you know, summer. And the last guy I remember was an elder. I mean, you know, his age group, a white gentleman named Rob. And I just thought they were friends. I never saw them do anything. It wasn't until we were older that we found out, you know, Uncle Sonny was gay. But the thing that I love the most, and it brings me so much joy about my family, is that my great grandparents would, you know, we'd have a gathering for whatever it was going on. Once the grandparents took off, my uncle Sonny would come out those trousers in that button down shirt, baby. He would put on one of his sister's wigs, the shortest shorts. I think he started Daisy Dukes, you know, and roll his shirt up and baby, he would get in the middle of that floor dancing and his sisters would dance around him. And like right now I want to cry because what is the beauty of someone allowing you to be yourself? Yeah. Like, you know, and this was in the seventies. I'm yeah. so proud of my family for, accepting my uncle and loving him. I've never heard anyone call him a bad name. I've never heard anyone do anything other than praising my uncle Sonny for the amazing man he was. And I just wish that, you know, if ever we meet on the other side, I want to say, uncle Sonny, I'm so proud that you were able to be true to yourself so early on. You know, you're talking seventies, a black man to get in the middle of his sisters, have on shorts and these little halter tops. <laughs> And throw that wig back and just dance his life away with his sisters embracing him. That's so beautiful. I did drag one time. I was Marsha Brady. It was not pretty. <laughs> Stop. I know you were cute. Stop. No, it was not pretty. <laughs> we end these shows with three questions. They're super simple. Don't panic. You know all the answers. <laughs> okay. Question number one. So easy. Tell everybody where to find you online and tell everybody where to find the Daily Dose of Love podcast. I'm at Daily Dose of Love podcast can be found at Anchor is my home, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, uh, what is it? Pocket cast, Breaker, anywhere where you could find podcast. You'll see me there. Pod chaser also. And where can people follow you online on social media? You could follow me at with love Tasha on Instagram, ask Tasha Twitter, uh, with love Tasha TikTok, and Tasha Bradley, uh, Tasha Boss Queen Bradley on Facebook. And I also have a Daily Dose of Love public group on Facebook. That's an awesome group that I actually started the group before I started the podcast in 2019, just to kind of get a feel for what how it would be accepted by folks. So I started the Daily Dose of love group on Facebook. And it was all about, you know, I love me put pics up and it was very, um, people accepted it with open arms. So it's still around right now. And it has over like maybe 800 members and they're very active over there. So I'm there daily. You can find me and my public group on Facebook, daily dose of love. Also. Question number two, this can go back to anything we already talked about or anything you want to tell me who inspires you. The person who's going to always inspire me is going to be my mother, although she's passed. My mother was the most positive human being I've ever met. She was like the coolest black hippie in the world. <laughs> you know? And she just, uh, 
my mother instilled to not be judgmental, to, you know, love myself, to love others. And to, like I said, to thine own self be true, to always be true to myself. And no matter what I'm going through, her favorite words were, this too shall pass. So my mother will always be my inspiration. That's my favorite girl. I'm the daughter of a hippie. That's why I'm so damn cool. (laughs) (laughs) Children of the flower children, baby. We're super cool kids. All right, the final question, again, can go back to anything we already talked about, and you're welcome to sing if you like to, because it's a lyric. Tell me something good. Tell you something good? Oh, I bought tickets to go see the Go-Go's on New Year's Eve of this year. Fantastic. Where? In Vegas at the Venetian. Oh, that's going to be so good. And the go-go's, you know, I'm an 80s girl. So to see Belinda, I'm going to flip out. So we got the beat. We've got, so I can sing, right? <laughs> I don't want your show to get shut down with my bad voice. But yeah, I'm going to go see the go-go's. And also another good thing, I'm doing the countdown. My family and I, we're going to go up to South Lake Tahoe for Christmas this year. So, you know, folks haven't been together. So we already have a beautiful, nice cabin that we've paid for. So yeah, those are the good things that's going on that I'm looking forward to the countdown. Thank you, Tasha, for sharing your good. Now it's your turn to embrace your own self-love. Check out her weekly show, The Daily Dose of Love, wherever you podcast best to help the journey of your own. Next time on World Gone Good. Every year we've been growing a lot, uh, and but nothing compared to the growth we experienced during COVID, you know, the start of COVID. So we went from helping 7,000 pet owners in a year to more than 20,000. Isabel Gulo came here to the United States with one good goal, to meet Don Johnson. I am not making this up. That was her goal. I am simply quoting the woman, but like many of us, Isabel's path led her in a little bit of a different journey. She is the co-founder of Care for Paws. Since 2009, Care for Paws, it's got the number four in the middle of it, has worked to reduce pet overpopulation, keep animals out of the shelters, and improve the quality of life for pets and pet owners in need in Santa Barbara County, California. I am a SB resident myself, and this is is one of my favorite organizations for animals. I can't wait for you to hear their amazingly good story. Until then, you be good.